It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, up to bat, Brett Boone. Hey, welcome everybody to a special edition of the Boone Podcast. It's our mid-season breakdown we're joined uh, this week by tyler kepner a new york times best-selling author of course the Boone podcast i'm rich herrera as we break down the first half of the season and the boys will break out their crystal balls to tell you what's going to happen in baseball for the second half of the season so let's welcome in tyler kepner uh best-selling author joining us here on the boon podcast tyler how are you i'm all right guys how are you uh we're outstanding now, let me bring in our second author. I'm not sure if you know this, Tyler, but since this podcast has blown up so big now that it's not. <laughs> There's my promo. Brett has, Brett has expanded beyond just baseball and everything else. He had a fellow author on the other day, Jack Carr, the author of The Terminal List, and did point out that, you know, there's there's an author that we have on every week on the podcast, and that's the aforementioned Brett Boone, that's who right. is a published author uh, himself. Yeah, I saw yeah, this book in the uh, Mariners team store last time I was in Seattle. See, yeah, Brad, I told you, it's still in the I, team well, store. Well, I'm an author. I'm an Emmy Award winner. Now, wow. I don't think I'm a real author, but I do have a published book. <laughs> I don't think I'm a real Emmy Award winner, yet I have an Emmy. I don't have the physical Emmy, but I do. Uh, it's I'm a part of the broadcast, as why we all you know. Buy, why didn't you buy an Emmy? Because I just had shirts made that said Emmy Award winner instead, and that's that's better to me than the Emmy. I, I didn't. Feel, I felt bad. I, I I said probably four words on my uh, postseason simulcast 2003, so I didn't really feel deserving. Now the broadcast itself was that it was deserving, but I, I figured the shirt was uh, more <laughs> more more your style. Correct. Correct. Well, I mean, listen, Tyler, if you do publish. A book in the United States, it does go to the Library of Congress. So just along with, with your great works of of literature, somewhere in the Library of Congress, somewhere in the Dewey Decimal System, <laughs> there is a 
Brett Boone author that is somewhere within the Library of Congress. Yeah, so yeah, we're all measured by these numbers, right? So Brett has a career war rating, a career batting average, and a career and a Dewey Decimal System uh, rating. So I think yeah, you, you you've done it all, man. Pretty impressive, yes. Brett. Yes, I have. And my ghostwriter. <laughs> See, there you go. Who was your ghostwriter? His name is Kevin. I'll think of it later. <laughs> well, that's a good ghostwriter because he's just kind of invisible, right? Tyler, okay. have you ever ghostwritten a book? Kevin, the ghostly writer. Um, no, I haven't. I have not. We have a uh, like a policy where I'm, I can't like uh, go, you know, do a book deal with someone who works for a team or something like that. So um, it would be kind of tricky. Yeah. How hard is that to do? Well, I, I what it does. I mean, I've talked to lots of people who do it, and you know, you you talk to the subject of the book, the author of the book, for hours and hours, and then try to put it in his in his words the way he sounds. Um, you know, it's funny, like, you know, Brett, you probably know John Gibbons. Um, Gibby came out with a book and yeah. the, the, the ghostwriter got it just right because it sounded exactly like Gibby on every page. It was well, like, oh, maybe he just did the transcript verbatim, but you got to make it sound like the, the author right. at the key. And that can be tough. Well, my experience was this, and you're exactly right. Long hours. It's, we had, it was kind of a, a set call. Let's call it Monday morning. Uh, where the ghostwriter is prepared. He's got all his questions, shoots them at me. I sit there and basically have a conversation for about a half hour. He says, I'll see you Wednesday. We have a standing call Wednesday. He reads it back to me verbatim how he wants to put it. We edit it. I'll exactly what you said, Tyler. They, I said, you know, that doesn't sound like, like me talking. That sounds mm -hmm. like you talk. So we'd have to switch some words around. And then as soon as that's done, boom, on to the next, on to the next session. See you next Monday. Do that for about seven or eight weeks. And then at the end was the toughest because you have that official edit. Mm -hmm. And that took a while. That took more than a phone call where we'd go through it. Now that doesn't sound right. I know it did. You know, we re, we've we already edited this, but we got to edit the edit. It's a long process, but uh, an experience, too. It was educational throughout. Um don't know that I'd like to do it again, <laughs> but I did it once. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it'd be nice to have something if you're, you know, someone who has an interesting life um, to, to have it all down there. And you've got a lot of life to live, but, you know, to have it all down there in a book form for your kids and grandkids and whatever else, just to sort of say, this is the official, my official take on me. Um, that's kind of cool. Tyler, your books, do you have an audio version? I do. And I did them both. It was great. You did them yourself. I did mine myself too. You sit in a chair. I felt like I was in, I, I mean, I felt like I was in timeout and they just <laughs> yeah. have you strapped to this chair and somebody on the mic saying, Nope, that word doesn't sound right. Re, right. We say that sentence and, and you read the entire book. That was the toughest, the toughest out of all of it. For me. Really? Yeah. The first day or two was, was, was the first day of both of them was tough for me. Um, but then your vocal cords, I don't know, they get used to it or they get stronger and they, yeah, it's great. Cause they're always like, you need to take a break now. Here's a glass of water and you're in this right. padded room, uh, you know, yep. so the, for the audio, um, it was fun. Though. The funnest, the funniest thing was like coming back on the last day where you have to do pickups. They call them like, uh, you know, just a few words, and it takes like five minutes. You just go in and you say like, you know, baseball or <laughs> right, like Roy Halladay or whatever, and then it's like, you know, then you're out of there in five minutes. But just a few words if they don't sound quite right, you got to come back and redo it. So Rich, the more, like? go ahead, Rich, Brent. hold on. Let me let me cut you off before you 
you come in again. <laughs> okay, I'll just stand here. I'll tell you, the more I listen to this, the more my little conversation here with Tyler, I'm starting to believe that I truly am an author. I, All right. I'm not just <laughs> busting your chops. Carry on. Do you carry think on. I'm just here busting your chops? Yes. Well, a little bit. What's it like, though, when you walk into a bookstore and you see your book? Oh, that's a great feeling. I mean, that's that that's really cool. And then you want to see if, you know, the, the real baller move, though, is to go is to go up and just take the books off the shelf, take a pen out of your out of your, you know, coat and just sign it, put it back on, you know, so a nice little surprise for someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they buy your book. And they say, oh, it's signed. You know, sometimes I try to be, you know, legit and I'll just go up to the to the cashier. And that's almost more of a baller move when you go up and you say, yeah, you know, I wrote this book. Would you like me to sign it? You know, and they're like, oh, wow. You know, but uh, yeah, we writers don't get to feel that way much. You know, you, you uh, it, it's very, very, uh, not very often that people want our uh, signatures, but when you write a book, people like having it signed. So um, yeah, I'll go in there and sign them. And that's always fun. All right, folks, I'm going to tell you, if you're going to Seattle, I'm taking Booney into the team store, Brett. And last time I was there, there were like four copies of your book. I'm going to make you sign each of them and we'll just leave them there and see who grabs them. You got it. All right, let's get into this because uh, we're talking about Seattle. I'm adorned if you're watching on YouTube or any of our clips. I'm adorned in my all-star gear because I'm ready to go. Uh, I'll be heading out there Wednesday. Brett will be there soon afterwards. Um, since it's our halfway breakdown at the all-star break, let's let's talk about the biggest things that we talked about before the season got started, and that was number one, first and foremost, the new rules. So grade the rule changes all over baseball and tell me, has it helped the game? And we'll start with Tyler Kepner, New York Times bestselling author. I think it has undoubtedly helped the game. I mean, I think to, to have an average game time at 240, um, you just feel like things are moving along. Things are progressing the way they should. Um, you know, I, I remember game. we all remember games the last dozen years or more where it was just, it felt like the game was just in slow motion and you you know when is when are they going to get past the fourth inning or the fifth inning it just my god we don't get those feelings anymore you know it, it's one it's it's an it's a barrier to enjoyment that has been removed and i think that's great i, I think you know you, you look back and you're like how did it take so long to get to get like this um because these rules are great and the players uh are, are so talented they might have not liked them a lot at the beginning but you know, they're, they're fine. They've adapted and, and that's the biggest thing by far. And I think it's terrific. I love it. Brett. Without a doubt. Uh, and I was the biggest skeptic and I think you're, you're, there's pools, there's the players, there's the fans, and then, and then there's the X players. And I would say entirely, you'll probably agree with this. The X players are always the most skeptic because we don't want <laughs> yeah. things changed from how it was when we played, you know, you hear that what I played. Uh, I try not to be that guy that when I played, you know, to, today's game is their game. Uh, my game was it was 15 years ago. But I have to say I'm, I'm very pleasantly surprised. I didn't think it was going to be that smooth of a transition. I, I'm with you, Tyler, on the, on the swiftness. It's almost like I can I can predict you know, if, if the game kicks off at six o'clock, I can pr predict where we're where we'll be at seven fifteen. Whereas in the past, that spread was who knows? It might be four mm -hmm. hours and fifteen minutes, and on a quick game, it'd be two hours and fifty. Everybody's kind of in that window now of we know when it's going to start, when it's going to end. You know, barring of course uh, extra innings. But I think, uh, like like I said, pleasant pleasantly surprised. I think the players are happy. I know. 
from the coaches and the on on field, you know, the managers and the coaches, they're very happy with it. Uh, I think the fans are happy with it. Uh, they know what time their kids are going to get put to bed that night. They can be pretty mm-hmm. confident with that. So all in all, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, home run. Yeah. As a former broadcast director and, and broadcast executive, I always worried about whether it goes longer than three hours. But I, I think when we talk about the length of the game, we maybe miss something. Because for me, it's not the length of the game that's gotten better. It's the action. It's the speed of the game. It's the pace of the game. Tyler, I'll tell you this. I would sit there and look at my phone more than I would look at the game two years ago. Now, I don't even pull the phone out of my pocket because I'm going to miss a play because the action has gotten back to the pace that it makes it fun. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, it, it really is the pace, and the quicker pace means a, a, a quicker game in the end. Um, <clears throat> that's just the easy number to look at. But you're right. I mean, when you're actually watching the game, things happen quicker. There's less time in between. You know, and I think I think it's, it's not so quick that it's uh, – you know, distracting. I mean, they're or not distracting that it that it feels wrong. Um, there's a few games that are that go a little a little quicker than you might like, but uh, that's way balanced out by the the avalanche of games that no longer last three thirty or three forty for four hours. Um, it's funny because you know Brett makes the point about how ex players um, and even you know old school guys like me, you know fans like often don't like them tinkering with the game. But I think in this way, they just they just tinkered with it to get it back to its more natural rhythms. I think it was worse the way it had sort of players had kind of, you know, uh, not bent the rules, but just used the rules to their advantage. I mean, you know, taking that extra breath, that stepping out, that being, you know, that works for the hitter, um, but it, it's not good for anybody else in the ballpark or the viewing public. Um, so I just think the game had kind of devolved a little bit and we needed to you know, we just needed to recalibrate it. And if that took some more rules, well, we don't like rules, but if it takes a couple of rules to recalibrate it to the way we, the way baseball was meant to be, I think I'm okay with it. Now, Brett, I know this isn't your game. Your game was like you said, 15 years ago, but how would you like to play under these new rules? Well, there's no lollygagging and it's let's get after it. Let's go. Boom, 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 boom. Well, I wasn't a guy that took a long time. I I, I don't think I was that the quickest guy, but as long as I knew him up front, I think the spring training, that cushion, that buffer was good for the players to get used to it. And as a hitter, as soon as I know, well, no, I can't walk around and make a spectacle of anything. I got to get back in the box. For me, this would have been an easy, easy adjustment. The only thing I'd like to see, and I think that it will be addressed going forward, is once you engage the pitcher at the eight-second marker, that pitcher has eight seconds to hold that ball on you. I think there's a little bit of a mini advantage, nothing big, to that pitcher having the ability to dictate when he delivers the pitch. In the past, if he was holding it on me just from a strategic standpoint, I had the ability to call timeout and step out. Now I only have one timeout. So I don't know how how you fix that. Maybe it goes to you have to engage at the five-second mark. So there's just not a longer pause. But other than that, and I'm really nitpicking right now, I think it would be a very easy adjustment for, for not only myself, but for the majority of the players that played in my generation. Okay. Tyler, you've got your ear to the uh, ear, ear to what's going on in the game. What are the changes? What are the rule changes? Do you think they might be considering? Cause these have been such a smashing success. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's you think about all the things they've done here recently. It 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 adds up to a lot. Um, you know, the extra inning rule in particular. I think, um, I, you know, they've flirted with some real radical changes that that have not caught on. Um, you know, the moving the mound back kind of thing. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the next big innovation will probably be the automatic ball strike. Uh, you know, the, the the robot umps, whatever you want to call it. Um. You know, I, I I think the technology is just going in that direction where um, eventually it'll be smoothed out enough to where, you know, they'll put it in. I don't love that idea, but again, like, you know, it will it will take away a lot of the 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 framing which which always sort of bugs me when you see catchers like moving the moving the glove so dramatically like we used to do in little league like as a joke almost um and 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 so i think that's kind of gotten out of hand and i think uh with the k zone or whatever on on every screen it just makes the umpires who really do a great job it makes them look bad um you know when you see a ball that's outside and fans get all upset i think they're going to try to streamline that so that's not a big talking point anymore i think that'll eventually happen don't you brett I do, and and I agree with you. These these umpires today, it, it's unfair. The technology that's out there, everybody's the the armchair quarterback at home because of those stupid white lines. I've talked about it many times, and I don't even think that's actually how the umpires train. Not on that box. Hmm. It should say at the top as a disclosure disclosure at the beginning of the game for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. You know, because everybody's the, an expert now, I, myself included. I get caught up in it and I'll just catch a pitch here and there. Oh, how could you call? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, let's get back to reality to to the game for 100 years has been no. And and as the eye that I have for the game, I can sit there on TV and call strikes balls. It's pretty easy. That pitch is off the plate because I've seen so many now with this box. You know, I can have a guy that's never hasn't had a jock on since since uh, junior high tell me I'm wrong because it hit that little white square. And I said, well, you don't understand that the elevations of a split finger fastball that yet yeah, if it grazes that it doesn't mean it, you know, and it's tough to explain. Mm-hmm. So I think we are going that way as much as I'm on, I'm on board with you, Tyler. I, I, I like the human element of the game. Uh, I, I hate to see it taken away from the umpires. I think in the interim, though, I think the first thing they're going to do, and I see it in the minor leagues right now, is that that tap on the head. What I I'm challenging that that strike right there. Yeah. It seems like our our game is so full of challenges, um, and there hasn't been a lot of pushback on it. I think that's going to be the next thing before they go to the robo umps. Is okay. The, the the hitter can challenge that ball or strike, and I don't know the what the uh, consequences are if the hitter's wrong or if he's right. I, I have no idea, but I think you're going to see that as the next thing because I see it in the minor leagues and challenges seem to be accepted in today's game. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American express business gold card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hmm. All right, let's move on. Shohei Otani. How much ink have you written this year about uh, <laughs> Shohei, Tyler? I mean, he's the best story in baseball. He, he's it's it's really just wild to think about how good he is, how elite he is on both sides. Um, you know, if he was just a, 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 a standard major league major leaguer, you know, a, a, a solid everyday starter and, uh, and and starting pitcher, that'd be amazing. But the fact that he is so great at both is just wild. I mean, it's 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 totally bananas to think that we have a player who is is you know as good as there is as a hitter and as a pitcher at the same time um and it's it's great to see the angels you know finally uh you know having some hope of 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 getting to the playoffs and that these home runs and everything are in the service of uh contender um is, is really cool but no i mean he was just that the month of june is for him was ridiculous and uh he's bust watch man you gotta watch when he's when he when he's pitching when he's hitting um because you'd really never know what you're gonna see and and he's really the best thing about sport he, he's he's what we love he's a personification of what we love about sports because he's doing things that we marvel at and that we never thought possible. And that's one of the reasons I watch sports to see things that I can't do and that I didn't know that anybody could do. He's doing them. Booney, we talked about this. Uh, when you first got to the big leagues, you didn't want to take any days off. And then Luke gave you, all right, kid, you ready to take a day off? I know Otani's DHing, but he hasn't taken a day off this season. And to put up the numbers that he has, I, I just don't know if we have enough time or enough words in 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 english language or any language to talk about how incredible he is no he's he's remarkable i went through his numbers a little bit he's leading the league in homers he's leading it in rbis he's the ops leader he's he's he he leads every category uh total bases but what stood out to me also has got 99 hits you know he's almost on pace for for 200 hits which is a whole different thing in itself uh, he's playing every day. He's pitching. He's got 95. He's got 127 punch outs. He's right at a three ERA on that side of the ledger. I, I I almost am embarrassed for myself that I fawn over a player as much as I do. But but he's fawnable. I mean, he's that guy that you know ha, has broken that glass ceiling. I never thought I'd see this in in my wildest dreams in in my lifetime. Um, the level that he does it at the the fact that he steals bases on top of it uh he, he's got that great smile you know he, he's the cover of the magazine as well i mean it so he's got that personality with the ridiculous numbers and the only thing that scares me to death is it's almost like i'm thinking is isn't this too good to be true you can't be that good of a player and stay in one piece when, when you have so many different things you've got to do, but so far so good. Uh, but I still, you know, and I've used it. I've, I've used the uh, example of, I wish we could just wrap him in bubble wrap and make sure we have this, this player for as long as possible. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think the fact that I've run out of words, I think everybody's okay. run out of words. 
I, I got a new one. You ready, Tyler? Yeah. Let's break him down. Hitting, power, pitching. And find some comps to try to figure out how we can describe him because he's he's such a uh, a unicorn. So let's start pitching-wise. Give me some comps. Some other players that are comparable to him on the mound that you could compare him to. And you could use his story. You don't have to use today's pitchers. You can do uh, any pitcher in history or any pitcher that you've seen. Who does he remind you of? Well, I mean, we're talking about a, a, a guy who strikes out a lot of hitters and doesn't give up a lot of hits. Um, so, I mean, he's hurt a lot, but at his best, that Jacob deGrom is that way, right? I mean, Jacob deGrom strikes out a ton and he's really hard to hit. Um, so I kind of think of him as, of, of deGrom-esque as, as a pitcher. Um, I don't know how that strikes you, Booney. Booney, who's, who's si- si- similar. Okay. I'm, I, I'm, I'm just thinking just basic comp, uh, past pitchers, Nolan yeah. Ryan. I mean, he's mm-hmm. Nolan Ryan. He's got that type of stuff. And uh, I, I don't think DeGrom's a bad. I think DeGrom healthy on the mound 100%, which we rarely see. Right. I, I think is the best pitcher in the world. Um, Shohei's not far behind, but I think if we're going to compare them, no. But it, but as far as comps for this conversation, I, I think that's more than applicable here. Uh, he's just – he's that power guy that strikes everybody out, uh, can – Every time he takes the mound, he's capable of pitching a no hitter. I know he hasn't pitched one, but he's capable. Every he's got that type of stuff. He's got no hit stuff every time he goes out. Okay, hitting wise, just hitting wise, not power, just hitting wise. Give me a comp, Brett. Who's he remind oh, you of? He really has such an unusual swing because it's kind of has some Japanese influence and and a lot that of the Ted Williams that Ted Williams science of hitting that that a lot of players over there have read now that's been translated sure but but it's man uh because he kind of does have an Ichiro swing right only it's the power version yes that style of walking out of the box he lifts up his toe he sets it down and it's just I don't know who who he reminds me of, but Freddie McGriff at his best. Um, but it, but it's different. You know, right. I don't think it's it's not like anything we've ever seen before because it has that Japanese influence to it, just from growing up in Japan, and that's how they teach it. And you'll see all the Jap- they all the Japanese hitters. They're all a little bit different than we are. The hips you know start saying? a little different. The right. toe starts it, a little different. It's that that running to first. Uh, before you're actually running to first, that's just how it is in Japan. They they're taught that way from a young age. So he's got that Japanese influence. Um, the, the the guy I saw, Matsui, and uh, right. played for the Yankees years ago. Godzilla. He was the first one that kind of broke away from that Japanese style of hitting, but he still had a little bit in there. You know, I think Otani's the same way. He's still got a little bit of it in there that you can notice to the naked eye, but he's just, he's putting on a power display that we've never seen. Yeah. And he, and he, and he runs so well. I mean, I, I think of, I mean, Shohei, he'll, he'll be 29 it, this week. Um, so he's a little bit older, but when, when Ken Griffey Jr. was 27, he led the league. It was his MVP year. He led the league in, in runs, home runs, RBIs, slugging percentage, and he stole 15 bases that, you know, that was the time of his career. When he was stealing about 20, 24, the next couple of years um, enough to, to let you know what, it, what that he could really fly um, when he, when he needed to. 
And I look at at Otani now, you know, he's he's leading the league and Homer's RBI has got 11 steals, leading slugging percentage, um, you know, sort of peak Griffey where all of those athletic uh, skills were on display at once. Um, I kind of see that in, in Otani too. I mean, Pete Griffey was like a low 300 hitter with like a 390 on base, 385 somewhere on base. And that's pretty much what Otani is this year. So I think we're, you think of Ken Griffey Jr. at his best late night, you know, mid to late nineties with Seattle. Um, that's what we're seeing with, uh, with Otani right now from a production standpoint, Booney, you know, it was much better on like the technique standpoint, but sort of from a production standpoint, from a raw numbers and output, he's prime Griffey. All right, let me stay with Tyler power. Who does he compare with? <sighs> Well, 30 I mean, home, you're talking 30 home runs a week before the break. Yeah, you're talking about and a lot of them are, are you know, tape measure shots um, and, and they're all fields. Um, I'm trying to think like I remember Tommy, you know, Tommy could hit it out every, everywhere. He could hit it out to left and, and, and when he pulled it, he would just, you know, he could send it a mile. Um, so that I mean, Jim's a much bulkier guy you know physically than than otani was but is but i kind of think of that all fields power but tape measure to write um as as a similar guy like tommy brett i think tommy's a great example i I pick any of the great sluggers of our time and and otani's right there he hits the ball he hits the ball out the other way he he miss hits balls and they go out the other Mm. way i mean it's overly impressive uh Carlos Delgado used to do stuff like that. Um, but I think Jim Tomey is the, is the best comp because Jimmy line to line was, was as much as, was as much as anybody, you know, bonds could hit balls like that. Uh, you know, I'm trying to stick with the left-handed, of course, a, a Griffey jr. You know, Kenny from the day he got to the big leagues had opposite field, big time power, but it's just, you know, in, instead of just comparing them to somebody, I just think right now, uh, as much power as anybody in the game to all fields, including, you know, the guy that's kind of the top. When you think of the top power, obviously a judge, but uh, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, as far as distances, he can hit a ball. Otani's right there with the top, top line to line power. So we've gotten six different categories of comps. Five of them have been Hall of Famers. That, That just says how difficult it is to explain how great this guy is. Let me ask you this, Tyler. I've seen him get better every year that he's been in the big leagues. I know he was injured, but I've just seen his game rapidly uh, get better. 29 years of age. Have we seen the best of him yet? Well, we're probably seeing the best of him right now. I mean, you know, he'll... I always, you know, you always, the temptation is always to say like, oh, he's, he can get better and better. And, but it's hard to imagine him getting much better than this, right? <laughs> I mean, get better than this. Yeah. I, know. I you know, he's, he's, he's 29. So, you know, he's right in those peak years. Um, and he's the best at everything. So I, I don't know. That's, that's the funny thing, right? Is he's going to get this, this record contract. Um, and the best may, you know, maybe behind him, but what's in front of him, as long as he stays healthy is still, going to be you know hall of fame level production so um i mean everybody has a peak and th- this is probably his peak and that that's that's no in- insult because this is a pretty uh pretty amazing peak brett is that a clown question uh no it's you know i, I consider the source no, i'm kidding rick 
You see, that's why no, I'm a sports it. talk show host. He's a New York Times bestselling author, and you've got uh, all that hardware behind you. It, it's no, it's it's not a it's not a clown question, but I couldn't imagine him being better. You know, I've I've played with a lot of great players. Um, I think in a in a day and a time right now where where average isn't uh, put at a higher premium or considered higher premium. I, I think it's wrong, but the fact that people players today aren't hitting 300, like they used to Otani is mm-hmm. so that, that to me is even more impressive when that's not really the bar and what, what, what ownership tells you or, or the, the market says you get paid upon. It used to be, it was average home runs and, and RBIs. Now they've taken the average out of that. The fact that he's still hitting 300, uh, it is a little even, it's even more impressive to me uh, on top of everything else. So I don't, I couldn't imagine Otani be, you know, you look at last year, he was unbelievable. I thought he should have won the MVP year before he did win the MVP. So you thought he possibly couldn't get better. Well, this year he's even having better numbers than the last two. So who knows? Is, is this the top? I couldn't imagine getting, get a, getting to a higher level of performance than he's doing both sides of the ball. I know a lot of the stories have slowed down a little bit, Tyler, but what are you hearing as far as his future? Yeah, I, I think the fact that the Angels are are, are good um, can only help them. Um, you know, I mean, it, he he talks about how he wants to win, understandably. Um, and yeah, it's not the Angels are a juggernaut, but they're you know they're they're over five hundred and they're kind of in the mix. So um, if they can make a push and and maybe make some noise, I think it'll be harder to leave. I think ultimately he'll probably go where the most money is that's what that's what most guys uh, understandably do um and i've always felt all along that the dodgers have been um you know the way they've structured this past offseason a lot of one year deals um seems to me like the dodgers are positioning themselves to um just make an all out run at otani you've got uh, the mets who uh, whose owner has so much money and billy epler um you know signed him to the angels so the mets always have to be lurking but um you know, I, I, I could see the angels just if, especially if they have a good second half and winning and maybe getting some momentum, I could see them, um, you know, stepping up and, and, and making a huge offer. Um, and Otani, you know, he's, I, I don't know him enough. I don't know if any of us know him enough really to know his motivations, but he does have a really great thing going in Anaheim and to change, uh, out of his comfort zone. I don't know if he really wants to do that. And and I go back to it. He picked Anaheim, right? Right. He he decided that's where I want to go under Billy Epler. But for everybody that I know in the, the Dodger media and the New York media are just pulling at him like there's nobody's business. But I also go back to he could have gone anywhere and he chose to go to the Angels. So we'll see if he stays. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right. Let's get to uh, some rap. Well, let's get to the, the biggest bust. I guess that's a story that so we're watching everybody right. Uh, biggest bust of the first half for you, Tyler, is who? Uh, for me, it's San Diego. Um, <clears throat> and you could say San Diego, the Mets, or St. Louis. I mean, put them all in there. Um, they've all been really, really um, disappointing. Um, and the White Sox, too. But I, I would I would probably say the Padres most, just because you know they got the furthest last year. I mean, they got to the LCS, and they were getting Tatis back. And they got Bogarts and there's just this accumulation of big names and talent um, that the fans really got excited for. I mean, I think in San Diego, to me, it's it's more disappointing just because also they haven't had as much winning um, as St. Louis or even the Mets uh, in recent years. And this seemed like the start of something um, big. And instead, they find themselves fourth in the division, which is where they always kind of were anyway. Um, but now they're spending a ton of money, and there's this sort of feeling of, oh, it was all building to this. Like, I, you know, maybe they can turn it around. But the fact that Arizona has leapfrogged them and that the Giants have come back to be a strong team and the Dodgers are still good, I got to say it's the Padres even more than the Mets with all the Mets are spending. Brett, same question. Uh, I think all those, those four mentioned are – our candidates, uh, I would even add, and, and even though this year I didn't get fooled and didn't pick them, uh, but on paper they were still the most talented team in that central in the AL, and that's Chicago White Sox. I could add them. They continue to disappoint the last two or three years with, with the, uh, with the personnel that they have. That being said, San Diego, uh, this is supposed to be the best offense in the game on paper when you take those the the four players and. Uh, an older Nelson Cruz, but definitely a guy in the clubhouse that can can mentor these these four MVP annual annual players that are all in the lineup at the same time, and they're where they are, 14th in the league at hitting. That's unbelievable to me. But I'm going to go with the Mets. Uh, they're 19 games out now. That's a testament to how good Atlanta may be. Atlanta is a great team. Uh, but the fact that they're sitting here at the all-star break and they're 19 games out with the biggest payroll in baseball, uh, Cohen coming in, doing whatever it takes. And here we sit, you know, we're, we're hearing a lot of calls now of Buck Showalter, who a year and a half ago was was the greatest thing in the world in New York. And now all of a sudden he's the worst player in the, you know, it's just, it's the way our game is. It's the way that it is, especially in New York, Tyler, you, you know that for, yeah. Uh, personal experience it's just the way it is um but for me it's the Mets they're, they're the most disappointing at this point and I could pick any one of those four mentioned okay let's go rapid fire on why some of these teams 
have had a great first half, and some of these teams have had a surprising first half. Tyler, what's the secret sauce for the Arizona Diamondbacks? Well, I mean, Corby Carroll's been amazing. Um, they made a tremendous trade with with Toronto that got them a couple everyday players and Moreno and, and Guriel, and both of them have been good. Um, and they've got two, uh, you know, two real horses at the top of the rotation with uh, Gallon and Kelly, even though Kelly's out a little bit now. So they've been um, they've been surprising for sure. But uh, you know, solid bullpen and uh, just a you know, Cattell Marte has been back and Christian Walker's been good. So they 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 got more offense than than I would have thought. Booney, Arizona. I thought Arizona was going to be better. Didn't think they were going to be this much better at this point in the season, you know, coupled with the the San Diego debacle to this point. Uh, I I didn't think in a million years they'd be the top of the division right now. Uh, These guys can really offense. Uh, For me, in the end, it's all said and done. Uh, They don't pitch enough. Okay, Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta, Booney, you were high on Atlanta in our preseason. Uh, breakdown. Tell me what the what the secret to the Atlanta Braves success has been. I don't even know where you start there. Uh, best team in baseball for me, hands down, top to bottom. Uh, they pitch number one, uh, offensively number one. They've got stars all over the place. Acuna is unbelievable pace when, when you couple in the stolen bases. Uh, you've had Wright and Freed on the shelf, and you're doing it in spite of that. Uh, like I said, number one in the league in pitching, uh, with your, with two, two of your big cornerstone guys from a year ago out, hopefully they get them back and healthy. Uh, you can go from Olsen to Acuna to Albies to Riley to Azuna to Arkea, the shortstop who's, who's an all-star this year, uh, top to bottom. They're just, they're, they're the best team in baseball. Tyler. They really are. I mean, there's there's no way around it. Uh, you know, to lose those two starters um, to injury after only a handful of starts, and to still be where they are. I mean, they've got power up and down the lineup everywhere. Everybody can hit it out. Um, they, you know, Artia replacing um, Swanson. You know, especially after Grissom, they thought Grissom might be the guy. Um, that's been tremendous. I mean, I don't think he counted on that. Um, but there's just there, there's no. There's no let up in that lineup, and even without Freed and Wright, I mean Strider and Elder and, and Morton are uh, you know a, a legit top three, and 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 they figure out the rest of it. Um, you know, every time there's a challenge series, you know, every time there's like a, they got to face the Phillies or the Marlins or some team that's far behind them, and you know they just they they really just take it to them. I mean, sweeping the Marlins over the weekend, they they they, they took it to the Phillies recently. Um, they've really asserted themselves, and uh, that's one prediction I think that me and a lot of uh, people um, have gotten right so far because they've been just outstanding. All right, we'll stay in that uh, division. Miami has been better than expected. Tyler, what's their secret? Well, they can really pitch. I don't know that they that they can hit enough, um, but they've been they have some. Surprise me, I gotta say. I mean, I, I thought they'd be a pesky team, kind of a team that would um, make some noise and, and annoy you. Um, but they, you know, Skip Schumacher, he should get a lot of credit. He's 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 done a, you know, a, a real good job there. They're they're playing over their heads, I, I think, right now. Um, and the Braves, uh, you know, kind of uh, smacked them down a little bit. But gotta give him credit, even without Sandy Alcantara um, having a good year, and he has not had a good year at all. Um, They've managed to, uh, you know, be a lot more than the sum of their parts. Brett, let's jump ahead to Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, it's been exciting. I mean, it's such a, <laughs> it's such a weak division. 
You know, it it's it's anybody's game. Early on, Richie, remember we were talking about could Pittsburgh win that division? I look at the division, it's so weak. I'm going, why not Pittsburgh? Well, now I'm sitting there going, why not Cincinnati? Uh, I think there's been uh, a lot of buzz with the LA de la Cruz. I think he's a future, you know, he's going to be a star for years to come. He's the full package. He hits, he, he runs the bases uh, at an elite level. Uh, when push comes to shove, I think it's been a, a feel good story. Cincinnati's been out of the news for a lot of years now. I'm definitely happy for a buddy of mine, David Bell, who's having some success right now. That being said, uh, is it good enough? You're, you're only going to have one team come out of that division for the playoffs. Right. Who's it going to be? And and I still am not at a point where I could say, oh, Cincinnati, for sure. No, anybody, you could flip a coin right now. Is it Milwaukee? Milwaukee's got the experience. They've been there, done that several times where the other teams you're looking at in this division, Chicago with St. Louis being the disappointment that it is in the basement. I don't think they're going anywhere, but any of the other four, Pittsburgh, Chicago, Cincinnati, Milwaukee. Uh, if I had to put my money right now on someone in that division, I'm going to go with the guy, the stalwart that's been there, done that. And that's Milwaukee. Tyler, San Francisco Giants, what's been the secret to their success? Well, over the winter, you know, they they tried to get Darren Judge. They tried to get Correa. It was kind of an acknowledgement that they needed more offense. And while they haven't had that one, you know, beast of a hitter, um, they've pieced it together. A lot of, a lot of uh, part-time guys, sort of the way they did it a few years ago. Um, but they've gotten some, you know, really uh, – you know, high level production from some guys who you wouldn't have maybe expected Lamont Wade Jr. and and JD Davis. Michael Conforto has made a nice comeback and Peterson's been good. So, you know, I, I don't know. And obviously, the catcher, Patrick Bailey, has, has been a real good find. So, I, I don't know that they have like a, a lot of staying power, but I mean, they do what they need to do every day to win a game. And that sounds very basic, but, um, they're really good at that, at, at figuring out which pieces work best and where. And they've gotten a you know tremendous late game bullpen too. I mean, with Doval and the Rogers brothers, they don't uh, they don't lose a lot of leads. All right, let's jump over to the American League guys real quick. Rapid fire, Tampa Bay. What are they doing right, Tyler? Well, they they've just figured it out. I mean, they. they it's it's the, a lot of the same guys as last year, um, but they're doing it better. They're really controlling the strike zone. They've gotten elite performances from McClanahan and Rosa Reina. Um, they're a lot of fun to watch. They beat you in a lot of different ways. Texas, Booney. <sighs> wow. Texas, once again, another one of those teams I thought they were going to be better, much better. They pitch, they hit. It's the best offensive team in baseball, and I don't, I don't say that uh, – as much as Atlanta is the best team in baseball and their offense is electric, I think Texas might even be a little more electric than, than uh, Atlanta. It, it's going to be tough to see in the long run. Can Texas pitch enough? They're doing it so far. Evalde's picked up the slack. Gray has been unbelievable in that number two hole. Obviously, you lose to Grom. Uh, and for me, that was the, that obviously for anybody, that's a difference maker. We'll see. Pretty pretty darn impressive right now especially on the offensive side of the ball there's best best team i think in the world offensively tyler baltimore baltimore has really seen their their young stars kind of come together there um I, I wonder a little bit about their pitching long term um but they've gotten tremendous uh bullpen work at the end two all-stars there at the end of the game um 
you know, with uh, with Felix Batista, the closing, and then Yenier Cano setting him up. So, you know, they protect the lead they're supposed to protect. Tyler Wells has been really good in that rotation. And, uh, you know, they, they, they've gotten Austin Hayes, uh, you know, an all-star, and, and obviously Rushman and Henderson doing their thing. So exciting young team. All right. Let's talk about MVPs. Who do you see being the AL and NL MVPs, Tyler? <laughs> uh, well, Mr. Otani is probably the easiest uh, MVP call <laughs> of all time. Take right it now to Vegas, the, folks. For the American League. Um, and, uh, you know, before the season, I, I, I talked about uh, on this podcast, I predicted that uh, Ronald Acuna uh, Jr. would be 40-40, and uh, he's almost got the 40 steals, uh, you know, and he's halfway to the homers. So, um I uh, I would I would stick with that uh, Acuna pick. Uh, feel pretty good about it, Booney. To mid midway point, without a doubt, Acuna in the in the no, NL no, for the whole season. Who's going to win it at the end? Oh, of the year? who's going to win it? Uh, I think Acuna's still going to win it. That's staying okay. on that topic. Uh, there's a lot of formidable guys. You know, arise that story in Miami. Uh, Freddie Freeman with LA, who who with all the other great stories in baseball doesn't get talked about that much. What a great, great – when I see Freddie Freeman hit, I, I still say it to this day. You know, if my kids are in the room, I'll say, see, see that man right there? That man can hit. And and I think with all the stories going on in baseball, you don't hear about Freddie Freeman. Olsen in Atlanta. There's so many guys, but I'm going to stick with Acuna on the other side. We don't even need to discuss it. We've Cloud already discussed it earlier Otani. for about – right, for about 20 minutes earlier. Otani. Okay. Let's go rapid fire. Give me the three American League division winners. Start with you, Brett. Three American League. Uh, Tampa uh, over in the East. I think in the se- I think when it's all said and done, once again, j- matching the National League Central, which is a, a horrible division, the American League Central is, I think, just as weak. When it's all said and done, uh, I think it's going to be Cleveland. I think it's going to be Cleveland top to bottom. I still don't think it's going to make a difference. And then we'll go over to the West. I hate to say it. There's a lot of feel-good stories going on right now. But I think in the end, I think the uh, World Series champion Houston Astros are going to be on top. Tyler? I will go with uh, Tampa Bay, and and I'll stick with Texas. I, I, I'm a believer there. Um, and I, boy, the Central is just so bad. But... <laughs> I, I think there's more in there for Cleveland. I think they're they're creeping up on Minnesota, and Minnesota just uh, they're they've been in first place most of the first half, but they've underachieved. Um, I'm I'm going to go Tampa, Cleveland, and Texas. National League, Tyler. National League, um, Atlanta for sure, best team in baseball. Um, I'm going to go the Brewers because I don't think the Reds. Uh, I think their pitching is just a house of cards. I mean, I, I it's so, they're such a fun team. But eventually, that pitching is going to catch up to them. And uh, out west, uh, I'm going to go Dodgers. Sorry to do it. The Diamondbacks, they've been a great story. But uh, in the end, I think the Dodgers' overall strength will prevail. And now they've got Arias back. They're starting to get healthy again. Booney. I'm going to echo that. (laughs) It's definitely Atlanta. Uh, I think in the end, because of the Central is so weak that that experience will prevail, and that's why I'm going to stick with Milwaukee. The only interesting thing over there is because they can pitch a little bit with with the emergence of Steele, Stroman, uh, Hendricks. Cubs might make it 
make a run at it, but I think it's going to be Milwaukee. And I'm going to go with the Dodgers too. I think, I think experience is going to prevail. The Dodgers aren't the Dodgers. They've been the last five or six years. I think for that division though, I think they're going to prevail. All right. Factor in wild cards and everybody else. Who's going to make it to the American league championship series. Who's going to make it to the NLCS start with Booney. Who's your final four. Final four is Atlanta, the Dodgers, Tampa, and the Houston Astros for me. Mr. Kepner? I'd love to have a, a kind of a wild card come out of it, uh, literally, like like last year with Philadelphia. Um, but, yeah, let's throw the Phillies in there again. Sure, why not? Phillies, Braves, <laughs> and the LCS, just like 93. Oh. And then uh, Tampa Bay against... Uh, Texas. Let's uh let's just let's go with those Rangers and, and uh Buck uh Bruce Bochy get Gotta love Boach again. Yeah. Gotta love Boach. All right. Who wins it all, fellas? And I, I will you know what, Brett, you saw, you spoke first. You have to tell me put your name on it. Who's gonna win the World Series? Atlanta Braves. Simple wow, he didn't even he didn't even he didn't even genuflect for a minute, Tyler. He just boom came out and said it. What do you think? Yeah, I'd go with Atlanta too. I think uh you know, I've seen Quite a bit uh, from them to to know that they're the best team in baseball, and it's it's not particularly close for me. You heard it here first, folks. That's uh, that's their picks. Um, Tyler, what are you working on? All star break, all star game to Seattle. Yeah, I got some all star stuff. Um, you know, I got some some really cool Hall of Fame uh, type stories coming up to that uh, that uh, event, uh, July twenty third. So um, yeah, I'm. Uh, It'll be out there soon enough. I don't want to spoil it, but I got, I got, I got a real special story I'm working on regarding the Hall of Fame uh, pretty soon. So, and uh, yeah, I'll be out there in Seattle too. Are we gonna hang out? Oh sure, yeah, man. Booney, are you buying us lunch? Uh, Rich, I hang out enough with you. I might, I might buy <laughs> Mr. Kepner a cup of coffee or a sandwich. But uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I'll no, I'm looking forward to seeing both of you out there. I'll be out there on Friday for all the festivities. Check me out. I'll be. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm as much as it's silly, I'm feeling a little pressure. I'm starting to think about this softball game, especially if the fences are brought in. I think the city of Seattle is going to expect me to hit some homers. Uh, I don't, my swing is kind of mediocre right now, but I'll be doing that Saturday night. And then uh, looking forward to that. You know, I wish the Mariners were in a better position this year. Yeah. Uh, everybody thought they were going to be to to add a little more buzz to the city. But going back, you know, 20, 20 some odd years ago, 22 years ago uh, to the last time the All-Star game was there, it, it, it was pretty awesome. The city really turned out. They did a first class great job. I'm sure they will again. It's just it's a shame the Mariners aren't doing a little bit better. But uh, I'm looking forward to going up there. It's always fun for me to to spend some time where where I spent a lot of a lot of fun, uh, fun years. Tyler, we'll have to drop Boone's name a couple of places just so we can get in. Yeah, yeah, he's the he's the golden ticket. I, I Brett, I just want to see you do that front that front ways bat bat flip that you were famous for when you hit some bombs in that softball. Game, right, because right? you know you know that's going to be the theme from the fans. Is booty? You got oh, a bat flip? Well, to bat, that. yeah, to bat flip, you got to hit that. You got to hit the homer. So yeah. I, I'm I, I'm I'm starting to sweat a little bit. Little you don't want to flip that, on a double or a pop. Up yeah, or that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, Tyler, do, should he? We we had this discussion the other day. Does he bust out the eye black? Because you know he's an old man now. He's gonna have sleeve on his elbow. He's gonna have the knee brace. Does he bust out the eye black for the softball game? Uh, yeah, as long as he doesn't start doing what they do now with all like the, the designs in the eye black. That's a little yeah. too much. I don't think Tyler, that's style. I think they call that drip. Um, drip. Oh, yeah. see Tyler, I, now I, you know. 
If you could work that into one of your New York Times pieces, I'd really appreciate Rich, it. Rich, I, I have think, drip. Rich, I think you've hit it on the head. I, I'm too old for that. Even if I'm, that old guy tried to be the fun young guy and hang out with the new players, it's like, for me, you know, maybe a wristband, a, a, a sleeve, but but I think with the eye block getting crazy with it, I I, I think I've I passed that age limit. So now I, I'm probably not going to go with the eye block. I just want to see Jenny Finch give him one good rise ball and let him take a swing at it, Tyler. That's what I want to see. I want yeah. no part of that. <laughs> <laughs> he knows his limits. All right. Yeah, everybody knows their limits, and my limit is the podcast is over because you guys have work to do. Tyler Kepner, New York Times bestselling author, uh, New York Times uh, baseball columnist. Uh, thank you so much. Whenever we get a chance to have you on the podcast, it's a lot of fun. I look forward to spending some time with you in Seattle this week. Yeah, guys, always enjoy it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Tyler. And, of course, Brett Boone. Hey, don't forget, check us out. Uh, share us. Give us a rating. Give us a, a review. It helps the podcast quite a bit. So next time we'll talk to you, we will be in Seattle for the All-Star Game. And uh, Brett will have a full uh, recap of his festivities and frivolities in his former hometown, Seattle. So we look forward to having you join us for the next podcast. Until then, thanks, everybody.